Isn't it great to be in the building again? Really, uh, it just really is uh, incredible to be together. Do you know, the church, the church is so much more than the gatherings that we experience and that we come together, but yet the gatherings are so crucial and so important to who we are, an expression of who God is. I look around and the diversity and the mix of, of, of backgrounds and stories and cultures, and it's just incredible, the beauty of the church. And so we're going to we're going to celebrate today. We're going to uh, enjoy being together. We're going to have some fun. Um, I just ask that in these moments, unless you're exempt, if you could keep your masks on just to obey by regulations. And also, we're still under, under the impression, really, that with, uh, within the COVID rules within the England, we're still not allowed to sing as far as we're aware. So we realize that this is... Uh, a little bit of a, 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 so one of those moments where it's a little shame, where, because I, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm looking forward to belting out some of these songs. Please don't, Ian. <laughs> I mean, how rude. How rude. You know, one of the advantages of assume that I could sing to my heart's content and nobody would hear me. Um, so I'm going to pray, going to hand over to the team and we're going we're gonna to worship together. Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for your kindness towards us. We thank you for your mercy and your, your goodness. Lord, we recognize that over the last uh, 16, 18 months, life has been tough. And there's been, in the midst of those tough moments, there's been moments of joy, moments of your unending, unfailing kindness breaking through. And so Jesus, as we gather today as your people, as we celebrate together, as we uh, hear these songs spoken and sung out as we hum along maybe as we as we allow our spirits to be stirred and rise with with praise and adoration Lord, we ask that as we gather that you would be glorified in all that takes place that we would be captivated by you afresh this morning that Jesus we would experience your presence like never before in your precious name amen if you're able to, as you stand together, we can raise hands. No one's stopping you dancing. If that's your gifting. <laughs> We're celebrating Mission Sunday today. So just acknowledging the nations in this room, but a part of God's family. That God is working all over the world seeing lives transformed and he's doing that in Stratford upon Avon in the wider Stratford on Avon district in Warwickshire in the United Kingdom he is still moving he is still God he is still good and we're going to declare together his greatness oh come let us worship our king Oh, come let us bow at his feet. He has done great things. And see what our Savior has done. And see how his love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and 
Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. Whoa! Faithful through every storm, you'll be faithful forevermore. But you have done great things. I know you will do it again For your promise is yes and amen You will do great things Yes, you will do great things Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave You free every captive, break every chain Oh, God, you have done great things we dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, I said you, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. Free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it. We can clap. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. Oh, hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. You've done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive. Break every chain, oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done great things. Come on. God, you're good. Lord, we thank you that we can be in your presence. And we thank you that your love extends to us. Lord, we ask your presence be with us as we lift you high. You come and inhabit the praises of your people. Or whatever the feelings are in this room right now, will you come and meet us right where we're at? So we declare your greatness. Lord, that declaration is one where we put our utter dependency on you. Because we can't do it on our own. How great. 
is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. Just start to offer our prayers for those that may not know Jesus in your life. Sing God's greatness over them over your streets, over this town, over the nations that are on your hearts, who sing. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. Trembles at his voice and trembles at his voice. How great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God? Don't oh, see how great, how great is our God. Godhead three in one, we acknowledge you, our Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb, how great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, oh, Oh, pray. 
even in our silence you are still great so I encourage you when we just raise hands or just inwardly just posture your heart right now just to think God you are great in the midst of whatever we're going through whatever this season has meant for us God you are still good you are still great and we sing out loud with a silent voice our God, sing with me how great is our God, and oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God, even today, Lord, oh, how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. Oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. Amen. And I want you to take your seats. I just wonder, we're, we're celebrating Mission Sunday. I just wonder if I'm just looking around the room. Anyone from other nations just want to raise your hands? Anything other than, let's say, anything other than, uh, no, just anything. <laughs> <laughs> Honor. What nation are you from? Malaysia. Fantastic. Great to see God moving. And you've been with us in, from Malaysia, Siban, Zimbabwe, and you've only just got back from, well, I have to clarify, you got back and then you did your isolation, just so everybody knows <laughs> the things you have to say these days. <laughs> Zimbabwe, I'm thinking we've got Welsh next to me, which proves there really is a God. <laughs> Scotland, we love the Scottish. Any other nations? That was my worst South African. Hugh, South Africa. Fantastic. We're, we're celebrating. Go on. Mars. I thought women were for Venus. 
We're here and we're celebrating Mission Sunday. We're celebrating that God is a God who's moving across the nations. Um, and uh, it's going to be exciting to hear. Ian's going to share a little bit about what Elam Missions is doing across the world. But um, we, we are actively supporting a number of different missionaries overseas. And uh, we uh, at the risk of you having to watch yet another thing on screen, we have limited it to two, uh, which are about four or five minutes each. So um, we're going to hear from Liz Face, who is a missionary we support in Romania. And then we're going to hear uh, from Brian Greenaway, who leads a ministry called Matos that ministers into Israel. And uh, just really been really exciting to hear what God is doing in the midst of this season. And so what we're going to do is we're going to watch uh, the video from Romania. Then Ian is just going to come. Ian McCarthy is going to come and lead us in some prayer just for Romania and that nation and that work. And then Brian will, uh, you'll see the interview with Brian, and then he'll do the same, and we'll pray together. So just, just so you know what's going to happen for these next few minutes. So if you want to cast your eyes to the screen, uh, this is Liz Face. Just bear with. These are the most awkward. Oh. Hello, my name's Liz Face. I'm an Ely Mission Ruby near Cluj in northwest Romania, where we work mainly with children and teens and with the local Roma community. I just want to give you a, an update on some of the things that have been happening and not happening uh, in our work over the last year. Sadly, uh, March last year, we had to stop running our children and kids' work um, we couldn't run the programmes, the schools had closed and there's some quite strict lockdown restrictions so we were unable to keep running the programmes. We haven't started them up yet, partly because I've been in the UK for the last few months. I've managed to get both my vaccines and by the time you watch this I'll be back in Romania and looking at how we can start up the programmes again. Um, though we couldn't run the programmes, we have done quite a lot of work with the Roma community Early on, we were able to provide food parcels along with the Elam Relief Fund. Uh, we did two or three rounds of food parcels for all the families in the Roma community. We also have continued to provide food to certain families that have been the hardest hit. We've also been able to support some with medicine. Some, uh, there's one lady who's quite severely diabetic uh, and had got quite ill and ended up in hospital, so we've been able to help her with the finances for the medicine and to help her with uh, paying for covering the cost of her stay in hospital. We've also been able to undertake some practical work. We weren't spending money on all the programmes with the children, uh, which uh, allowed us to put some money into the buildings and into the some of the things that we've been wanting to do for the last few months, the uh, last couple of years, in fact. So we built a new storeroom where we can have everything all in one place, which will free up some space in the youth centre, which means we can run our programmes more effectively. We'll be able to have different age groups and different rooms now, which will help uh, and just be able to provide more activities for the young folk when we do get the programmes up and running. It's been quite a joy to see some of our young people uh, some of the young adults coming back into church two or three years ago, quite a big group of them were baptised. Uh, but as they've got older, the law of the city and various other things has taken them away from church uh, and uh, into some things that maybe they shouldn't be getting into. Uh, but some of them are slowly coming back and we're seeing them in the church services. And one week, the, quite a few of the young men got up to sing which is it was so 
it's so lovely so encouraging to see that again so please pray for them um one of the things that we find with our roma community is that marriage official legal marriage doesn't happen so often and often the young folk will say oh we've got married to so and so and they basically they've got together with uh, a young man will have got together with a young lady um or should i say that they tend to be teenagers particularly the girls uh, and we've been trying to encourage a right way a biblical way of uh, seeing them how they see marriage and we've been trying to promote that and two couples recently got married legally officially and we were able to support that by paying for the the admin the paperwork the blood tests and things that needed to happen we're wanting to promote this more with our young folks several of them they get to their teens their boys probably their later teens maybe 18 or so the girls often quite young uh, they're not allowed to be married uh, until they're 16 same as over here but quite often they have younger brides uh, but we are trying to promote that as a, a proper way of living so it doesn't provide it doesn't form a, a barrier for them to be moving on in their Christian life. As I say, I'm going back by on the 25th of June. I'm hoping to start up the programmes again. There's a lot of work to do practically. I'd appreciate your prayers uh, for wisdom and direction into what we should be doing, um, whether we just jump back in where we left off or if God is showing us a new way, different things. Uh, not just to run headlong um, we also need to <laughs> I need to make sure that the vehicles are working they haven't been used for some time uh, they need servicing need MOTs I need to look at what um, measures need to be put in place to make sure we can run the programs <laughs> COVID safely I'd also ask uh, if you could pray for our team we've been spread apart a little bit and been doing various things but if uh if you could just pray that we are able to uh gel and work together again and move forward in what god has for us uh for this next next time that we're coming into i'd just like to say a massive thank you to you all for your continued support it's been such a blessing and encouragement to see that finances have continued to come in over this difficult time uh, and really, we're really encouraged when we know that there are people praying for us and interested in, in what we're doing. So thank you so much for all that you do in supporting this work. Thanks again. Bye. Father, we thank you that your word tells us that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, no matter what the color on the map, no matter what the history, no matter what the damage, no matter what the work of the enemy, the earth is the Lord's. We declare that over Romania. We thank you, Father, that You've worked despite and even through all the blighted history in Romania in the last 60 or 70 years. 
and you're building your church. And we thank you for Liz as she stepped out and served you. And we thank you, Father, for the favor that she has. We thank you for the activity. Thank you, Lord, that lockdown hasn't defeated them. We pray, Father, that you would continue to move in a powerful way that, that, that as restrictions are released, so would your spirit be released on, this, on, on the team and on the people that they serve. And the young people, on the young marrieds, on the Roma, God. Thank you for what you've done in the Roma over the years. Send a fire, Lord. Send a fire. Send your word. Build your church, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm here with uh, Brian Greenaway, who is the UK director of MAOZ, uh, amazing organization that are working into Israel. And um, I've had the privilege of traveling with Brian into Israel and just always value his wisdom uh, and understanding of, uh, of that part of the world and God's plan there. And um, could, you, could you just start with just explaining a little bit about the work of MAOZ for those that may not be aware? Yeah, sure. Yeah, great to be with you, John. Really good. Um, hi to everyone who's watching this <laughs> and thank you, you know, to the church really grateful for your support of my arms it was great to go to um, Israel with John well over a year ago now when we were last allowed out anywhere <laughs> rather than the UK shores and that was great but yeah some background of my arms so we're uh, a messianic Jewish organization so that's Jewish believers in Jesus you know believing the same things as Christians a part of one body of course and um, we've been in Israel now well, I haven't <laughs> our ministry has been in Israel now over 40 years um, in the late 60s, our founders went there um, with a heart for reaching the Jewish people with the gospel, reaching Israel with the gospel. And so when they first arrived, there was like a dozen or so believers, not many at all. That's, you know, Jewish believers in Jesus. But now there's 30,000 still, you know, less than less than one percent, less than one percent of one percent. I think that is. But of the nine, just over nine million people. Um, but it is growing. And so we've seen there been there as the body of believers has grown in the land during that time and our heart is still exactly the same it's to reach people with the gospel whether that be jewish people or arab people or anybody you know about nine million um about just over six million are jewish people the rest are arabs and there's other people there as well there's all different faith groups the baha'i faith was a big center in israel and the druze people are in israel so you've got a real mixed bag of people and of course as many people who hear this will know jewish people come from all over the place so we see a microcosm of Europeans and Middle Eastern and, and South American Jews and those who come from originally Russian speaking. There's many Russian speaking there. So a real mixture of people. So it is a, you know, as a mission field, it's, it's a challenge, not only the Jewish mindset, um, not only the different cultures, um, but also a nation that's that's new, you know, in, in modern terms. Though there's an ancient covenant. The Jewish people go back thousands of years, as we know, to Abraham. Is a new nation in a sense that came together in 1948. So the, the nation itself is new <laughs> uh, in relative terms. And also the body of Messiah is new as well, with all of its quirks that and um, things that you know Christians sometimes have as well. Um, all of those quirks and ministering into that area is is a real challenge. So uh, we're you know we're we're grateful that we're there. And um, you know, we tell a bit more detail about how we do that. You know, we we help congregations or we call them congregations in Israel, churches. 
help with planting, help with growth. We've always done that. We've always helped people to plant churches there in Israel. And we do publishing work. So we translate good Christian books into Hebrew. Um, we have a studio in Jerusalem where we help worship artists, including children that are learning instruments right through to established worship artists, helping them with their production and development of music. And um, we have a, a fund called the I Stand With Israel Fund. And what that is, is a grant making fund. And for anybody who's a believer in the land, uh, in cooperation with their congregation, their church, uh, we can give grants. So that might be to buy examples like buying new chairs for a congregation, health care and education grants. Um, people who have been persecuted or suffered trauma, maybe through a terrorist attack, that grant can have any, any aspect of it. You now we have a board that overlooks all the applications. So we're, you know, we're grateful that we can help those in need as well. And I, I understand that and I've seen some of the reports back of the, the help you've been doing during COVID as well, especially during that, with that I Stand With Israel fund. Just wondering, could you mm-hmm. share a little bit about how COVID has impacted Israel and what, what that's allowed you to, to minister into? Sure, yeah. I mean, Israel has been like the UK, really, isn't it? As the world have looked around, they've said Israel has done a great job, but they were very severe. And John, you may remember, you know, when we were arriving or just leaving, it was really beginning to lock down in Israel. In fact, the day, I think I arrived a couple of days before yourself, and when I arrived, there was a Korean plane that had been turned around and sent back, apart from the Israelis. (laughs) So they've been quite severe in their lockdown, which is why they've just, you know, now they've no restrictions at all in Israel. They've done away with their sort of green passport, as they called it. Um, but yes, but it's been very difficult because, because Israel hasn't got the sort of healthcare system. It's very good, but it's not, you know, they haven't got furlough, didn't have the furlough system or anything like that. So they just locked everything down. There were people in, in great need. But we were grateful for people like Elim, were very great supporters of us and, and many other of our friends across the world. So we were able to support families that were most in need by putting money directly into their bank account on every two weeks just for basic food, and needs and it was really great in fact our, our bank in israel said no one else in the country is doing this you know and it's not because we're not saying oh are we wonderful because we're not it's just that god has given us the ability given us friends who help support us uh, like yourselves and so we were able to support families that were in great need and there were some really miraculous stories you know there were people who said they they got down just to pray these believers who were just praying saying god what do we do next and they got phone calls from our guys in in, in israel saying oh by the way we've got some money for you you know for your food and yeah. great and and helping arab families as well there was an arab chap who was going to be thrown out of his home it's going to be repossessed so we came along it was only a small amount of money but they'd taken into court and so we was able to settle that debt for him and he kept his home he was an elderly Arab chap so uh, you know it really is really good that we've been able to support families in need on the ground that's a blessing thank you father for, Je- for Jesus thank you for the gift of Jesus thank you for the story of redemption that started in heaven and worked its way through Israel in Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit being poured out on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem. Thank you for what's happened around the world. Now, Father, I pray for, as it were, for a wave to come flow back again into Israel fresh wave of your spirit, fresh move of your spirit, glorifying Jesus, bringing many sons and daughters unto glory. Father, I thank you for the work of Ma'oz, 
from Brian Greenaway. Thank you for people that step out and serve you like that. Thank you for people that step out and serve you at all. But I pray, Father, that you will prosper that work. Thank you for what you've done. I pray, Father, you'd prosper the, the churches that have been set up. And I pray, Father, you'd prosper the church planting movement that's happening there. Grow your church, Lord. Grow your church, Lord. Everyone deserves a chance to worship you. Everyone, Lord, out of your grace, needs the gospel, even in the Holy Land. So grow your church there, I pray. Grow your church there, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Where is it? Is this it? Oh, there we go. That, that horrible moment where you, you lose what you're meant to be doing. Uh, just to say, uh, Israel is, is fascinating, isn't it? Because under the old covenant, the nations were called to come to Israel, to the temple, the place of God's presence in the, in the new, um, the God's, God's presence, God's temple, you and I, were sent to the nations and it's still going uh, and it's amazing to think that this morning we're we're celebrating missions and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a moment uh, just what what God's doing through Elam missions but we're just a small part of what God do, is doing across the world but just this uh, who's coming in their national dress anybody well you'd be glad to know that I came in mine you know next that well-known national symbol um, yeah Welsh rugby shirt well done Mary Awesome, thank you. Um, could have come in my kilt, but I thought I'd spare you that. Um, just uh, say so next week our, we're going to be meeting online, uh, so through the normal means, church online. Uh, I think it'll be John and I and a few others who will be leading you through that uh, next week. Uh, and then on the 11th of July, we're going to be back in here, and then it's going to be every other um, week after that. Is it the second and fourth Sunday of every, every month we're going to be here? So put those in your uh, diaries, and I think that's it from me. So over to you, John. Great. We're going to sing a song, and as we sing, um, we're going to take an offering. Uh, now, I know offering in this time might be a little bit more challenging, but if you've come prepared and want to give right now, then there's some envelopes, and you can just uh, put some money in that if you'd like to, or fill in the back of the details on the, on the, on the envelope. Um, you may want to go away and just uh, take this moment now just to pray and say, God, how do you want me to give in to your work around the nations? Uh, maybe it's prayer, maybe it's financially, maybe, uh, maybe you even dare to believe that God could be stirring some hearts in this room to go. Um, and so in this moment as we sing, let's just let this be an offering, uh, not just a financial offering, but an offering of our life, uh, a moment where we come before God and say, God, you are moving. We want to partner with you in what you're doing around the world. And so let's pray for those nations. Let's let God speak into our heart right now as we sing. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making In the soil I now surrender 
Jesus, we thank you for, for your life. We thank you, Jesus, that our 
for all those who put their trust and faith in you, who commit their way to following after you, are found in you and safe in you, uh, even in spite of and even in bec because of all that life throws at us, we can know an eternal hope that is sure and steadfast because of your resurrection. Jesus, we recognize that across this world, across this globe, in many countries, uh, there's starvation, there's war, there's disputes, there's, there's famine. And if we were to look at the numbers alone, we would be overwhelmed and we would, we would say, Lord, what is the point? How can we even begin to dream or imagine that something might be different? And yet, Lord, we come to you knowing that in this light, in this world, in this here and the now, uh, we get to see glimpses of your kingdom break in. But because of your resurrection, we have a hope that that which is to come, Jesus, when you will rule and reign over all things and all things will be made new. There'll be no more famine, no more hunger, no more danger, no more war. And the Prince of Peace will reign over all things. So, Jesus, as we talk this morning about missions as we dig into your word would you help us to be captivated by you afresh in jesus name i pray amen amen thank you it's great do you know it, it is um I, I i get as part of my role i get to go and visit the other churches every now and again i've not been able to do that for a long time and um, so a few weeks ago, I was able to go to King Standing, and that's why I wasn't online with you that morning, and it was great. Um, but you know, there's something about being rooted in the local, isn't there, with the people that you journey with that is really, really important. So um, I've got two hats this morning. I've got my Inter Elam's International Missions Director hat, which is just a, it's just a title, um, but I've also got a local leader's hat, and I'm, I'm part of this church and rooted here. And and we're just so delighted to be able to see what God is going to do in and through us. But I want to tell you just a few things that are going on in Elam Missions. Um, and then in a moment, um, Hannah, Hannah is going to come and read the scriptures to us. Um, so she's going, to, she's going to read. I'm going to just uh, explore some of what Jesus has to say uh, in Matthew chapter 9. But just to, um, this year has been really tough, hasn't it? It's been tough for us in the UK. It's been tough overseas. Do you know, I, I read some stats recently that said that the global poverty in, uh, in, 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 over the years had started to decline, and, you know, it started to decrease. So the, the number of uh, the people in poverty had, and it was actually reducing. And then COVID hit, and do you know what happened? The graph shot up. Because in most parts of the world, in many parts of the world, you know, people rely on daily wages to live and to survive. If they don't work, they don't eat. That's the harsh reality of life for not just thousands of people, but I would say billions of people. Huge numbers of people rely on daily wages to live. And so when, when, the, when, lock, when countries go into lockdown, it means, you know, we heard from Brian, Israel, which you think, oh, well, that's a wealthy nation, a nation that's prosperous. Why would they suffer? Well, actually, most countries don't have access to furlough schemes like you and I have had access to. They don't have that luxury they don't work, they don't eat. So lockdown for, for many people across the world has been huge. So back in 2000, uh, seems like a long time ago now, March last year, 2020. We are in 2021, aren't we? Great. Um, I am in Stratford-upon-Avon, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, back in March last year, we, we started to notice some challenges our partners and missionaries are facing and uh, wrestling with the challenges of the UK, knowing that we were going to face some challenges also. We, we launched a COVID appeal, uh, which we do because uh, we, uh, we will launch appeals when this crisis happens. 
But this was different because ordinarily crisis pills would, would focus on a nation. So like when the earthquake happened in Nepal, we responded and it was specific. This was affecting everybody. So how do you even begin to manage that when there's so many communities impacted? Well, we just put it out there and thought, that, you know, let's, let's see what happens and let's wing it. Because I feel like I've been winging it. Not just for the last 16 months, by the way, but for the last 20 years, I feel like I've been winging it. Um, is that we, um, so we launched this, and our, Elam responded amazingly. So in the, in the last 16 months, we've raised over 30, uh, uh, £113,000 that's been able to be distributed to communities across the globe who have been affected by COVID-19. People like Israel, uh, people like uh, Brian in, 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 working in Israel, in India, huge response for India. You know, just recently, you have seen on the news devastation taking place in India. Countries with big economies and yet suffering, so, so much suffering. 1.2 billion people in India. How do you even begin to get your head around some of those figures? So I just want to say, like, in terms of what we've been able to do, response to, to the need, it's been, it's been huge. And that still continues. But you know, we're not just about the crisis moment response or the humanitarian work. I often say is that we as Elam, we don't send humanitarian workers, we send, we send gospel workers who do humanitarian work. You see, there's a difference because the focus is on we want to go into and take the good news, the whole gospel to the whole person because the gospel is holistic. It's not just about one thing. It's not just about the soul. It's about the whole person being redeemed, about the whole community being redeemed and transformed for Jesus. So we send gospel workers who will take the good news of Jesus and because of Jesus will spot the needs in the communities and respond accordingly. Because there's access, it gives access into communities. Now, you might say, well, you know, that sounds a little bit manipulative. Sure, you're not just doing it so you can go and preach the gospel. No, we do it because actually it's the right thing to do. So I, told, I was told this story by uh, one of our pastors who was a missionary in Asia. And he said that at one point they were, uh, they were going into a village in a remote part of Asia. They just, there, was, there was nothing. And they were going to go and do some humanitarian work. And they were going to go and do it anyway. And they, were, they went into this village because it was a need and they'd been invited to go and do it. And uh, the, le- the leaders of this village said, oh, I'm sorry, we, we, don't, we don't want anything to do with your Christianity. We don't want anything to do with your God. Just, you know, come and do what you're going to do. Great. Now, what normally happens with humanitarian work is that, sadly, they will, will, will retreat to a hotel or to a nice place, a nice environment. And once all the work, the, the graft has been done, let's go and chill out in the, in the hotel where there's a, a swimming pool. Now, in the remote area, there is no hotel, and there is no swimming pool. It's a lake if you're lucky, right? But our workers, our, our gospel workers didn't. They went in and they did the work by day, and they sat with the elders by night. They went and sat and they ate their food, they talked with them, they shared life, they enjoyed life, they, they laughed and they joked. And by the end of their time there, there was this open invitation for them to, to share why it is that they were doing this work in the village. Why would they take the time to do it? Now, I, I think pretty much all of those leaders then came to faith in Jesus. And a church was planted as a result of their, their humanitarian work. But the thing is, they were intent and intentional about those opportunities for the gospel work. It wasn't just, we'll do it if it happens. We're going we're to get those, those, we're going to go and serve the needs of the community, and we're going to be really intentional in our gospel work. 
Now, um, it doesn't always happen like that, but that's what we do. That's why I'm so passionate about Elam Missions, because it's a, it is about the whole, whole gospel going to the whole world with the whole church. That's what the Lausanne movement say. The whole go- the t- it's going to take the whole church to take the whole gospel to the whole world. Now, the, the, the world, let's talk about the world, shall we? Because the world's really important, and I'm going to blow your, mi- blow your mind with some big statistics. Okay, so there's 7.8 billion people in the world. Did you know that? 7.8 billion people. Oh, it's like, that's massive, isn't it? How do you even get your head around some figures like that? Did you know that 3.2 billion are in unreached people groups? Now, by an unreached people group, this is what we mean. An unreached or least reached people is a people group among which there is no indigenous community of believing Christians with adequate m- uh, numbers and resources to evangelize this people group without I- outside assistance. So basically, no, no gospel or maybe just one person on their own. It's like that would be classified as an unreached people group. 3.2 billion people. That's 41% of the world's population still in in an an unreached people group without access to the gospel. uh, I don't know about you, but that's just like blows my mind to think there's that number of people. How do we even begin to start thinking, how can we we do something about that? India. India alone, there's 2,445 unreached people groups. Pakistan, 504. China, 443. Bangladesh, 331. Nepal, 285. Massive numbers. 1.5 billion people live in the largest, uh, the 50 largest unreached people groups alone. So how do you, how do you even start? Now, you, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, how, where do I begin? Am I called to go to an unreached people group? Well, the reality of it is, like, I am not going to be able to go into some of these areas where these unreached people groups are. Now, God might miraculously make o- open a way uh, to which my wife is going, please, Lord, not yet. <laughs> but how do we do it? Well, actually, I think we've got a part to play because we've got partners who are, who are actually in some of these nations and have access to some of these people groups. Now, this isn't about Elam alone reaching those what, three, uh, two, uh, 3.2 billion unreached people groups. That's just crazy, isn't it? Because the world's so much bigger than Elam. Elam is a little portion of God's church. And I mean that respectfully. Like, we're a little, we're a little portion. The church is so much bigger than Elam. So we've got to create some partnerships. We've got to create some opportunities to work with people because actually we do have some skills and resources that can help equip and train our church planters and walk alongside them as they go to the unreached people groups. It's not all about planting an Elam flag, although we would do it as Elam because we are Elam. So we are working with partners. I'll tell you about um, one of our partners in West Africa. I'm going to refrain from um, identifying specific locations just because of the territory that they're working in. I won't mention names. But in the last 13 years, they've trained uh, 1,000 leaders. Last 13 years, 1,000 leaders as church planters. They've, They've planted with those leaders thousands of churches. In, un, in an unreached people group. Thousands. It's mind-blowing. Now, when I say church, I'm not talking like what we're doing now this morning. It would be like this, poor, this group here meeting together from, an un, from, a, from a, a Muslim-believing background. Okay? 
small groups of people being led and equipped and discipled as, 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 as disciples of Jesus. And they gather and they start to talk. I could tell you about another part of our world where one of our workers is in, Af- in, in Asia. And through the COVID appeal, we were able to give them some funds to take some, get some food. And, uh, and, and we're able to go into the southern part of their country where they'd not been before, where the, where the church plants are equipped. Gave some food to some families. I thought, why are you doing this? Access to the gospel. Over three months, going back to the same family, started to talk to them about Jesus. Giving food and help. They come to faith and they start to tell their, other, to tell their communities about Jesus. And the church is planted. This is happening the world over because people are, are taking the two hands of the gospel. Compassion and, and, the, and the proclamation. The gospel truth together saying this is the Jesus that we believe so Hannah where are you would you come and read the scriptures to us because there's still work to do okay Jesus continued going around to all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness when he saw the crowds he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dejected, like the sheep, like sheep without a shepherd. They said. Then he said to his disciples, "The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest." Awesome. Thank you. See, honey, you get a bigger clap than I do. Brilliant. Um, okay, so we are um, talking about some numbers, big, big numbers. How do we even begin to start? We've got to start just somewhere. I think it's always about the next step. I think if we were to think 3.2 billion people, wow, even in Stratford, how many people in Stratford? Loads, like 28,000 in the, in the town itself, something like that. In Stratford, on, a, upon, on Avon, a district, what, 130,000 people? Like, where do you even begin? So we've got to go, well, here I am, Lord, send me. My next step is the people before me. My next step is not the people over there. My next step is here. Now, for some of our missionaries and people who are being called out to go cross-culturally, their step is, is going from the familiar into the unfamiliar. And we want to do that because it's going to take both. It's not, gonna, it's not just about mission. It's not just about over there. Mission is about here and there because God's mission is everywhere. It's about every, everything being redeemed by Jesus and for Jesus. He rules over all things. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. If you've not read it, have a read because it paints this beautiful picture of who Jesus is. He rules and reigns supreme over all things. So when we are on mission and sent out by Jesus, we are partnering with him in the redemption of all things, not just some things. Everything. And one day, as I prayed earlier, one day Jesus will rule and reign and establish his kingdom forever and ever and ever and ever. But until then, we've got a job to do. So he says this, Jesus continued going around all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues. Now, why, what, what was all that about? Jesus was stepping into their environment. I want you to imagine this for a moment. Imagine this is a synagogue, right? If it was a synagogue, it would be a slightly different makeup. But actually what would happen, they'd, they'd read the scriptures and somebody would offer some interpretation. So can you imagine Jesus sat in the crowd 
around on the benches and somebody's reading Isaiah. And Jesus is out there, oh, that's interesting. I've never heard it interpreted like that before. Oh, that's it. That was a, oh, oh, I'm not so sure. Jesus, being Jesus, he, he'll get, he gets up and he, he, he starts to teach the scriptures as if he had authority and he knew what he was on about. Funny that, isn't it? So when you need, when you need teaching, you need, to, you need teaching because you don't know some stuff. So Jesus is teaching them because they think that they know it, but they don't know it. Now, there was a moment when I was learning to drive. And I've, this, is, imagine, this has just come to my, my memory now. My dad taught me to drive. Okay. First lesson, I think dad was all right because I listened to you. <laughs> Second lesson, not so much. Because I thought, oh, first lesson, easy, doddle. Got, got this driving thing nailed. We hadn't gone half a mile down to the end of the road. I think I stopped okay, if I remember rightly. Setting off, not so much. Because you know the whole clutch control thing? Yeah, that didn't work out too well that time. So I uh, applied a little bit too much accelerator and uh, I think the car ended up in the bush. see we need teaching because we don't know some stuff and yet sometimes we think that we do and it's only when it doesn't go right that we realize that we don't know some things so Jesus is teaching why because they don't know they don't know what they need and they don't know what they're what they're reading and so he would expound in their uh, the scriptures in their presence I think there's something about mission for us that we can tie into this idea of teaching. Now, not everybody's going to stand at the po- uh, up here and do what I'm doing, but actually, if we know Jesus, the environments that we step into is an opportunity to teach people about Jesus because they don't know some things. They don't really know what they're on about. You might have had lots of conversations about with people who have created their own spirituality. That's nice. Don't lamb blast them. Don't demean them, listen to them and begin a dialogue and begin to point them to the one that really is life itself. So Jesus would teach in the scriptures, then he'd preach this proclamation of the gospel, which is really important. So I I said earlier about these two hands of the gospel. We can't have one without the other because if we just have the preaching, like if you just get out on the streets or in in people's faces preaching the gospel and you don't show that you love them, they ain't ever going to listen. And that's true the world over. Don't just preach at people. And I'm I'm glad to say that I I don't think any of our missionaries just preach at people. But they will declare the gospel because preaching is about that proclamation that Jesus is king. And that he rules over all things. And that he died for our sin. And he rose again victoriously. And he invites us to follow him. That's the gospel message that we proclaim. Is that Jesus is making all things new. He's the resurrected king. So we've got to proclaim. And then he said, then it goes on to say, Healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them. There we have it. This, the gospel proclamation and compassion for the people. Two hands of the gospel. Working hand in hand. Now, this is a summary of Jesus' activity so far, which is really interesting that it it just, you know, funny enough, chapter 9 comes before chapter 10. And in chapter 10, Jesus sends out the 12, commissions them, says, get out there, go and do some of this stuff. So he heals every disease and every sickness. And when he saw the kinds, he felt compassion, which means he was moved to act. 
Compassion isn't just about going, oh, I feel really sorry for you. But compassion moves us to action. And it moved Jesus to action. Why? Because they were de- distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. When he said to his disciples, then he said to his disciples, the, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. Do we see and feel the way that Jesus sees and feels? Question. Do we see the way that Jesus sees? Do we feel the way that Jesus feels? I walked here this morning, and I think I, I know Ian, amazing, I walked three, yeah, I did, Whatever, how many kilometers it was, it wasn't as many as I'd, I'd hoped, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I passed three people who were on the streets, homeless, and I'm like, Lord, how, how, do we, how do we begin to respond, do we see what Jesus sees, people who are distressed, which means to be troubled, People who are dejected are put down. Do we see as Jesus sees? When we're about our business, are we, are we just blind to our own little world? Are we so caught up in our little bubble, we've got blinkers on, that we don't see as Jesus? I think Jesus had a broad vision, and I think he saw people who were distressed and dejected, like sheep without a shepherd. Now, talks, this could, you could, uh, there's so much I could tell about, talk about this, but I'm not going to. Um, the, the harvest is abundant, he says. Now, the harvest is abundant because it's plentiful, but it's also abundantly clear. Not just plentiful, but for those who will see, it's abundantly clear. It's abundant. There are people in Stratford-upon-Avon who are crying out for somebody to show compassion and proclamation. They'll they'll want the compassion first. They'll want to know that you really care. They want to know that you see them. And, 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 and you feel what they feel and they'll, they'll listen to your message. They might never respond to Jesus, but that's okay, it's not your job. Our job is to show compassion and to be kingdom workers, whether it's here or overseas. And so pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. How many of us have ever prayed that? I, oh, one or two of us. Yeah, we've prayed, Lord, send out hard workers to the harvest. You are the answer to that prayer. That's the reality of it. You and I, we are the answer to this prayer. So when we're talking about sending out harvest, it's not somebody else, oh Lord, send him. I'd really like you to send him, Jesus. No, no, Jesus, you don't understand. I'd really like you to send them. No, he's like, here, Lord, here I am, send me. And so when we are about mission, we're actually, it's not about gather, simply gathering people in church, churches on Sundays to sing when we can. It's actually to bring people into the harvest. Why? So they can might be sent out into the harvest. It's like this perpetual motion of winning and sending, winning and sending, sending and winning, because it's not just about the win. I, I hate that language. But do you get what I'm trying to say? It's about reaching people for Jesus so they might get on board with the mission of Jesus. And so as Elam missions, that's what we're about. About training, identifying and sending missionaries cross-culturally and hopefully also affecting the church in the UK at the same time. That's what we do. And so we've got people preparing to go to Guatemala. We've got countries identified where we are seeking to raise new missionaries to send, where the opening is and the opportunities arise. We've got those marked and we're praying for. So would you join with me in praying, Lord, here I am, send me. Lord, would you send out the workers into the harvest field? I think that's enough for me.
other than to end with this question. So the question is, if you're a follower of Jesus, it's not so much a question to ask if you are sent, but to a question to, of to whom are you sent? Who is Jesus sending you to? It's not a question if you're sent, but who are you sent to? Thanks, John. Thanks, Ian. Um, I'm excited by what God is doing during this season. And we're going to finish in about five minutes. But I just want to share with you something of what we sense God is speaking into the life of our church. What Elam Missions is seeking to do and around the world is uh, so much about where our heart is. I want to take you back to the year 1804. Some of you were only young then. <laughs> 1804, uh, two explorers, Lewis and Clark, have been commissioned by Thomas Jefferson, the President of the United States, to charter new ground across Northern America. And they set out in a canoe, Clark and Lewis, to, to find these new territories. And they're going along the Missouri River. And everyone along them, the way, all the Native Americans have told them it's going to get ropey, it's going to be challenging. They're like, it's fine, we've got everything we need, we are sorted for this mission. We're going to find the, the new territories, we'll port back to the president and let him know what's happening. And they're going along the Missouri River in their canoe, and they come around the corner, and before them is something they never expected to see. They've had a lovely river ride the whole way along that this canoe was completely suitable for. They come around the corner, and what lies before them? The Rocky Mountains. And what they see before them, they think, what we've got right now is not enough. The world that, that is before them, the things they've got, the equipment they've got, is not enough to complete the mission. The mission hadn't changed. The mission had been given by the president, go and chart a new ground, plot it out, tell us what's there. The mission was still the same, but the resources they'd got were not sufficient to do that which they were being called to do. The world in front of them was radically different from the world that they'd come from. I want to suggest we're in a similar place, that the world before us is radically different from that which we've left. I've never been a part of my life where in 18 months we can see such a radical change in the world that we're coming into now is so different from the one we left when doors were locked. And I want to say that I sense there's an invitation from God that as Ian has shared with Matthew 9. There's a call still of God. The mission is still the same. Matthew 28 Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. The mission hasn't changed, but I want to suggest maybe the world we're going into looks different, and therefore what we do and how we do it needs to be different. And so I sense there's an invitation from God, because the harvest is plentiful. As Ian said, 130,000 people in Stratford-on-Avon. My heart has been stirred during these last 18 months to swell beyond Stratford-upon-Avon. Because I live in Stratford-on-Avon. I don't live in Stratford-upon-Avon. And in my mind, it's always been like, God, I've got this heart for this town. I don't live in it, but I'm, I'm in the district. And how does that all work? And God's been swelling my heart saying, it's because my heart's for the district. The 130,000 people, the 36 or so, depending how you count them, districts or wards of the region that we live in. Ulster. Bridgetown, Clopton, Tiddington, Welford, Studley, all these different places that we live 
God's heart is for those places. And his spirit is moving in those places. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it. I want to be where God's spirit is moving. I want to be where he is. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is poured out on God's people. And he says, these are the last days. Peter stands up and he quotes from Joel. He says, these are the last days. Do you know what? I'm, I'm getting a little bit tired of the church being caught up in the last days of all the, the signs of the times and all the blah, 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 bad stuff that's going to happen. Do you know one of the signs of the, end, of the last days is his spirit is poured out. Can we be about that? His spirit has been poured out. And who's his spirit poured out on? All flesh. That means whether you're male and female in the room, you are commissioned and called by God and you will be in this church. Every social economic divide is commissioned and called by God. Slave, free, Jew, Gentile. That's the signs of the last days. That his spirit is being poured out on all flesh. And where is his spirit poured out? Not in the temple where everybody expected. It's poured out in an upper room. It's poured out in a home. It's poured out where no one expected, but where everybody needed to experience it. And I sense that God is calling us into an adventure. And this season is one where we're going to try something. Because for those of you that know, we're going to be gathering here in person every other week from now on. Blessed by the URC Church. They have been the best people we have ever hired from. Phenomenal. Great people to be partnering with and being able to use their building. It excites me that there is a service here every single week now as they gather on the other Sundays. But I just want to say that as we gather here every Sunday in person, we're going to celebrate what God is doing. But on the other Sundays, and this is a first step, okay? I've got some ideas of where things might go a little bit, but I don't really know fully because this is an adventure, and adventures you can't control. And things that are surprising, like you go around the corner and there's a load of rocky mountains in front of you, you go, oh, we weren't expecting that. That's what happens with adventures. But what we're going to start doing is on the other Sundays, we're going to invite you to be part of something. Your choice. One thing I'm going to say, we're forcing nobody to do nothing. That means we're forcing all of you to do something, doesn't it? We're forcing nobody to do anything. <laughs> we're, not, we're just going to put the invitation up and you make the decision. Okay? And the invitation is that we're going to launch something called Gospel Communities, which are going to be groups of people that are just going to gather together to live the gospel. And it's going to start, the first step is saying, we've got some Sundays that are free. As we gather every other Sunday in person, on these other Sundays when we would have gathered, why don't we just gather with each other in a home where the Spirit of God seems to happen to pour himself out? Why don't we start to just have some food together? Why don't we create a space like Ian shared with those missionaries in Nepal, where they sat with people and they ate and they laughed and they cried and they talked in that space. Why don't we create spaces where we're actually comfortable to invite those that are closest to us that God has put right across our path, that that first step is, oh, it's you and you're right there and I'm here having some brunch. Do you want to come and join me? And it's a safe space where we can just be and share the gospel, not by preaching, Although that may come as we journey with people, but actually by showing that it's by our love for one another that the world will see that we're his disciples. That we start to learn the love of Jesus by being with each other and having to love each other. Not just being on the same road going, I've got to love them for 20 minutes now while we worship together even though they drive me mad and their voice is completely out of tune. 
but we actually live alongside each other. And the gospel starts to become something that invades our whole life. And this is why it's a first step, because this goes beyond a Sunday morning. This is a part of our whole life. But we're going to make a first step to reach the 130,000 people in Stratford-on-Avon. And so my vision, the vision of this church is, dare we believe that we could have one gospel community for every thousand people in our region? Could you imagine that? 28,000 people in Stratford-upon-Avon, 28 groups of people meeting. Small little communities of people. Anything between 10 and 20, 30 people just living the gospel, just saying we're going to love each other. We're going to support each other. We're going to invite people to experience this as we do it and just start to see what God does. The 6,000 people in Ulster, the 6,000 people in Studley. I'm not going to know every population of everything. I'm just, I'm logging what I've been reading. I think it's a bit of an adventure. And then those groups being committed to each other to say we're going to be disciples. We're going to actually seek to live, love, and look like Jesus. And not just for us, because actually the, the Great Commission is that he says it to the disciples. Be disciples that make disciples. And so we're going to make the commitment to say, what does it look like if I seek to be a disciple, but I actually seek to raise up another disciple? What does that start to look like? And we're straying into step two. And what does it then look like when we start saying, there's lots of communities meeting in one area, and we're going to start saying, mm, could this be a church? Who knows? Maybe that's step three, and I'm going way too far. But the first step is saying we've got some space, which isn't a restriction of us not being able to gather. It's an opportunity for us to step into something, to say this far we've had a canoe, but these mountains we are not going to get through with this canoe. We need to try something different. And we're not going to do it on our own. We're going to do it with partnership. I don't know who God will bring across our path, but we're open to what the Spirit of God is doing. And does it mean we can control it? No, we're just going to say, God, what are you doing? We sense your spirit and we're partnering with you because we believe you want to renew all things. Not just us having a great Sunday morning, but the lives of those that we're around every single day. And so that's what we're stepping into. And we're going to do it slowly, okay? One thing I know is everybody hates change. It's the most certain thing in life, change and death, and we hate them both. So we're going to go slowly, okay? Because I'm aware these last 12, 18 months has been a lot of change. I, I, anxiety in my life about change, when you plan something and then something gets announced and the whole thing has to shift, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. And change has been a big part of that. And so we're going to go slowly, okay? We're not going to do anything until September. And in September, we're just going to take things slowly, see what God is saying, see how it's going to work. So we're going to ask you to be patient. If you get, for those of you that get out of the boat kind of people and go for it, if you're getting impatient, I just want to say slow down. We're not going at the pace of the world. For those of you that are thinking this is going way too quick, I'm saying the Spirit of God's doing something. We're going to be moving. And that's what's going to happen in these next few months as we just journey with what God is doing. We allow him to speak to us. And so we're going to finish right now. I'm sure there's a ton of questions. Um, uh, we will share more certainly in September, but over the, over the coming weeks, I'll ask you just to tune in online as we start to speak into some of this. Come to the in-person, register online, come, because we're going to be consistently just sharing some of where this is going and what we sense God is moving within this church and who we're called to be. But uh, we're going to finish right now. David, I just wonder, would you come and pray for us as a church? Could you pray over us? Yeah, come forward. And then we'll finish with a song.
Are you, I don't know if are you allowed to use this microphone? I don't know how that works now. Thank you. Oh, Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. <coughs> we thank you for what has happened over the last year and a half. How can we thank for that? Because you are doing a work. So I thank you for it, Lord, in the angst, in all that has happened, you are doing a work. And you are saying to us, are you mine? I need you. We need you, Lord, every step of the way, every single day that we know beyond measure who we need to be day by day living the gospel working with those around us loving those around us in so many ways whether it be over food whether it be just a hello whatever it might be so, Father, I'm praying that in this, uh, what John calls this adventure, you lead each one of us, Lord. We're praying that we stay close to you. We pray that we might take that step into who we are, who we need to be, and that we know that you are with us. We sense your presence. And I'm praying for community. I'm praying for family. I thank you, Lord, that you love family. You love family so much. You created Adam and Eve because you had enjoyed family so much in the triune Godhead. So we're looking to be family. We're looking to make bigger family. We're looking excited at what you're going to do, Lord. All we need to do is stay close to you. Lord, we thank you for your voice in the written word. For each one, Lord, that we might sense you with us day by day as we start this adventure. In the name of Jesus, I ask it. Amen. Should we stand together? Christ is my reward and all of my devotion. Now there's nothing in this world that could ever satisfy. Through every trial, my soul will sing, no turning back, I've been set free, Christ is enough for me, Christ 
is enough for me. Everything I need is in you. Everything I need, Christ, my all in all, my joy and my salvation. And this hope will never fail. Heaven is our is here to God be the glory Christ is enough for me Christ is enough for me everything I need is in you Lord everything Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Lord, everything I need is in you. Oh, everything I need, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. Sing, Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in you. Everything I Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in you. Everything I Jesus, we declare that you are not just enough, you are more than enough. Lord, I pray 
that our hearts would swell with the love that you have for us, that we cannot contain it, we not, cannot control it, but as a community, we share it. We share it with those around us, into every space and place, every street and household. And so we give ourselves to you. On this Mission Sunday, we give ourselves afresh to your mission to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And dare we believe you could use us. So as we go, we go filled with your spirit, empowered by your presence, to see your glory made manifest in our workplaces, in our homes, with our friends and neighbors and loved ones that don't know you. For your glory, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Guys, blessings and have a great week. I just want to let you know that Ian did survive his um, massive epic cycle ride of coast to coast. Let's just give him a massive round of applause. I think you can probably still sponsor him. Can you still? You can still sponsor. So if those of you that are holding out to see if he would actually do it, 300 and 320 kilometers in three days, uh, cycled from coast to coast to raise money to see more gospel communities planted in the nations. And so uh, we'll send it through on an email link. Also, just to let you know, the videos you saw today are part of an extended in, uh, an interview. So we're going to send all of those things out to you this week so you can just hear what God is doing around the world that we get to be part of in Stratford-upon-Avon that he is doing globally. So as we go out, let's go out in confidence knowing that's who God is. That's who we're serving. And so can I just remind you that we have a one-way system. So as you go out, uh, sadly, we have to say, please try not to mix bubbles. I know you want to see each other and uh, say hello, elbow bumps and uh, distance, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's one way. So if you can head out the door to the left where Sue is waving right now is the door to head out of as you go. But blessings and see you online next week and in person the week after. <laughs>